0: Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. And thank you for tuning in on this lovely Wednesday morning to discuss a brand new chapter of Deuteronomy with me today. I'm actually going to be reading the entire chapter of Deuteronomy 27. It sounds like a lot, but it's not it's not too much. It's only uh, it's only 26 verses. But either way, I'd like to just jump right in because there's a lot of content in the chapter that I'd like to get to. So let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 27 verses 1 through 26. Grab your Bible and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And this morning I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version as I always do. Moses and all the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, keep all the commandments which I command you today. It shall be on the day when you pass over the Jordan to the land which Yahweh your God gives you, that you shall set yourself up great stones and coat them with plaster. You shall write on them all the words of this law. And when you have passed over, that you may go into the land which Yahweh your God gives you, a land flowing with milk and honey, as Yahweh the God of your fathers has promised you. It shall be when you have crossed over the Jordan that you shall set up these stones, which I command you today, on Mount Ebal and you shall coat them with plaster. There you shall build an altar to Yahweh your God, an altar of stones. You shall not use any iron tool on them. You shall build Yahweh your God's altar of uncut stones. You shall offer burnt offerings on it to Yahweh your God. You shall sacrifice peace offerings, and you shall eat there. You shall rejoice before Yahweh your God. You shall write on the stones all the words of this law very plainly, Moses and the Levitical priests spoke to all of Israel, saying, Be silent and listen, Israel. Today you have become the people of Yahweh your God. You shall therefore obey Yahweh your God's voice and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. Moses commanded the people the same day, saying, These shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you have crossed over the Jordan, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin." These shall stand on Mount Ebal for the curse, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. With a loud voice, the Levites shall say to all of the men of Israel, Cursed is the man who makes an engraved or molten image, an abomination to Yahweh, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and sets it up in secret. All the people shall answer and say, Amen. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or his mother. All the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who removes his neighbor's landmark. All the people shall say amen. Cursed is he who leads the blind astray on the road. All the people shall say amen. Okay, pause for a second, guys. Um, From here on out, I'm not going to say all the people shall say amen. I'm just telling you now that every single time it talks about a curse, that phrase is stated. So I just want to throw that out there. But for sake of time, I'm not going to say it starting back in verse 18. Cursed is he who leads the blind astray on the road. Cursed is he who withholds justice from the foreigner, fatherless, and widow. Cursed is he who lies with his father's wife because he dishonors his father's bed. Cursed is he who lies with any kind of animal. Cursed is he who lies with his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter. Cursed is he who lies with his mother-in-law cursed is he who secretly kills his neighbor cursed is he who takes a bribe to kill an innocent person cursed is he who doesn't uphold the words of this law by doing them and all the people shall say amen at this point in time moses is uh, pretty much done with the retelling of the law because that's what we've been seeing all through deuteronomy so far is moses is retelling the law to all of the nation of Israel at this point. And so now he's summing it all up and wrapping it up. So it says that Moses and the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, keep all the commandments which I command you today. So I I like that both Moses and the elders of Israel were summing this up. They were all telling the people to obey God's laws. It wasn't just Moses saying all this. But in verse two, it says it shall be on the day when you pass over the Jordan to the land which Yahweh your God gives you, that you shall set yourself up great stones and coat them with plaster. You shall write on them all the words of this law when you have passed over that you may go into the land which Yahweh your God gives you. So basically, once the people cross over the Jordan and into the promised land, once they have defeated the Canaanites in that region, that they should set up an altar to God And this was a special altar. This was an altar for the peace offerings is what it says in verse seven. You shall sacrifice peace offerings and you shall eat there. You shall rejoice before Yahweh your God. So this kind of was like the altar of rejoicing, the altar of the peace offerings. When we talked about all the different offerings that you could bring in Leviticus, the peace offering was kind of the one that went hand in hand with like fellowship with God. It didn't just include a burnt offering. It also included eating and rejoicing and fellowship as well. And the entire animal wasn't burned on the altar. Part of it was taken home for the people to consume and enjoy with their families. So this this peace offering altar was to be set up as soon as the people basically settled down. So it says that the... Altar was to be made up of great stones. So big, beautiful stones was to make up this altar, and they're supposed to be coated with plaster. Once they were coated with plaster, then the people would write the words of the law on the plaster so that everybody who went to that altar could see the law very plainly. Now, personally, I don't think that this meant that every bit of Leviticus or Deuteronomy needed to be scrolled out on the uh, the stones. Maybe I'm wrong about that. To me, it almost sounds like that it was supposed to be the Ten Commandments. And the reason I say that is because of verse eight. It says, you shall write on the stones all the words of this law very plainly. So plainly means simply, right? It was supposed to be simple. It was supposed to be so that everybody could understand it. That's kind of why I think the Ten Commandments Those laws, which basically sum up all of the law, were the ones that were supposed to be written on this altar. That's my own personal opinion, though. But it says that the the altar was to be made out of stones with plaster. The words of the law were supposed to be written on the plaster very plainly so everybody could see it. But one thing that was kind of interesting here was verse six. It says, you shall build Yahweh, your God's altar of uncut stones And it also says that you shouldn't use any iron tool on them in verse five. I had to think about that. Why would God not want like any iron tools made on the stones? I think it's because the altar was supposed to be very plain, just in general. I mean, it even says like the the law was to be displayed on it very plainly. I would guess it's so that the people wouldn't bow down and begin worshiping the altar itself is kind of my thought with that because God himself made the rocks. God himself made the stones. They're beautiful enough already as they are. I mean, if you've ever seen like a really gorgeous rock, rocks are so pretty. I was majoring for like a hot second in geology. (laughs) I loved my class. I absolutely loved my geology class. We'd go around to the different state parks. And sometimes we'd travel for a really long time to get to them and do like field trips and stuff. And it was just so fun. I loved doing it. And we'd we'd do different events at those parks. But most of the time we were looking for unique rocks and learning about them. Now, of course, it was a very, um, a very liberal class. And so evolution was taught and everything like that. Uh, God was out of the picture completely. But it really made me believe more strongly in God because of just how unique the earth really is. So, I mean, rocks are beautiful enough as they are. These people didn't need to touch them with their their iron tools, I suppose, to make them, I guess, in their minds, more beautiful because that could be a stumbling block to the entire nation of Israel. It could be that the artist who made this altar and Hewn out the rocks that he took credit for it and was like, "Yeah, this is my altar that I built over here." <laughs> or once again, the people could begin to worship the beautiful altar when the altar was supposed to be more plain. just very plain, very basic altar. But the the point of it was not plain, it was not basic. The point of it was to come, worship God, fellowship with God, eat with your family, bring your peace offerings. And all that good stuff. Now, after this, in verse nine, it says that Moses and the Levitical priests spoke to all of Israel, saying, be silent and listen, Israel. Today you have become the people of Yahweh your God. You shall therefore obey Yahweh your God's voice and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command you to do today. So then Moses commands the people that same day. He said, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people which you have crossed over the Jordan or when you have crossed over the the Jordan. So then he names some tribes here. He names Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. Those tribes were supposed to stand on Mount Gerizim after they crossed over into the Jordan, after they took the promised land for themselves. This huge ceremony was supposed to happen where the tribes were to stand on or near, I guess, Mount Gerizim and bless the people. The ones that were supposed to bless the people was the tribe of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. However, on Mount Ebal, which was right next to Mount Gerizim, the other tribes that were left were supposed to stand on that mountain and curse the people. (laughs) It says, These shall stand on Mount Ebal for the curse. Reuben, Gad, Asher... Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. So those particular tribes are the ones that were supposed to stand on the other mountain and curse the land, or rather tell the people that if they did not follow God's law, they'd be cursed. This was a huge ceremony, a huge procession, and it does end up happening when Joshua takes the promised land for the people. Joshua does, in fact, do this very thing. One thing I found very interesting about This ceremony was that the tribes that were supposed to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin, those six tribes, typically throughout history have been the tribes that were more in line with God, though Benjamin did have some problems there for a minute. (laughs) They all had problems for a moment because everybody sins, obviously, but for the most part, I mean... The tribes here that were supposed to bless the people, Simeon, honestly, I don't really know a lot about that tribe. Uh, Not a good one to start with. Levi, Levi was literally the tribe that was supposed to bless the people. So, of course, the tribe of Levi was to be included in that blessing part. Judah was the biggest tribe. And Judah also, for the most part throughout the years, stayed the most in line with God's ways, even though Judah, all of the tribes actually fell short in the end. Issachar, once again, don't know a lot about that tribe. Joseph, rather the two two half tribes of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, those two tribes were a blessing to the people also from time to time. And then Benjamin, Benjamin went um, <laughs> back and forth, you know, but they were a blessing, I would guess, in a lot of cases. But then the other tribes that were supposed to curse the people, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali, We don't hear a lot about those tribes. And if I'm being honest, I can't really think about anything notable that they ever did. I have no clue what Reuben was known for. No clue what Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali were known for, really. From my knowledge of them, they didn't really stand with God too much, these particular tribes. So it's really interesting that Moses tells those tribes to curse the people. (laughs) I'm going to guess that was just prophecy. Maybe Moses didn't know why he was picking the tribes for blessing and for cursing, but it ended up being, in a way, kind of a prophecy to the people. But anyway, they're supposed to stand on the two mountains, the blessing mountain, which was Mount Gerizim, and then the cursing mountain, which was Mount Ebal. So now it goes into all the curses, which is interesting because it does not mention any of the blessings. I don't know why. Why? Maybe it's because the curses were more important, maybe because there were plenty of blessings um, mentioned already in Scripture. Like, for example, the big one we can think of is the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and give you peace. That's a blessing that the, the Levites were supposed to give the people. So maybe just in general, a blessing like that was supposed to be given to the people. But I would guess the reason the blessings aren't mentioned is just because the curses are what are going to cause the people to go astray from God. And when, of course, people go astray from God, all sorts of bad things begin to happen. So verses 15 all the way down to 26 talks about the various curses that the people were supposed to proclaim. Verse 15, cursed is the man who makes an engraved or molten image an abomination to Yahweh, the work of the hands of the craftsmen and sets it up in secret. I think it's hilarious that it's mentioned that uh, the molten image or engraved image has no power because it was made by the hands of the craftsmen. I find that kind of funny that that distinction is made here. Because obviously if somebody just makes something out of like wood or stone or gold or whatever else, That thing has no power. Like if I create a painting, I don't start saying, hey, this painting is going to save all of you guys because that's preposterous and ridiculous and you guys would all laugh at me. (laughs) But back in these days, people would just make these engraved or molten images and be like, this thing has power. This thing that I just made has power. Hence why that altar we just talked about, that peace offerings altar was not supposed to be made with the iron tools to keep the people away from stuff like this. Now, also, it mentions that the person who made this engraved or molten image set it up in secret. So they made it themselves or had it made by somebody and they had it in their house and were secretly worshipping it. Even the stuff that is done in secret is cursed. There's many verses about that. You might think you're getting away with something when you do it in secret, but it always comes out in the open. Somehow it always will. And if it doesn't in the very end, God will still know about it and it will come out in the open then. (laughs) Um, But anyway, after every curse is mentioned, it says that all the people shall answer and say amen. So after every single curse is mentioned, the people respond with a loud amen, everybody, because they are agreeing. Amen means it is true. So the people agree with these curses. And if they agree with these curses, they're less likely, obviously, to do them, hopefully. So then it goes into all the different curses. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or his mother. Cursed is he who removes his neighbor's landmark. We've talked about that, how you shouldn't lie and, you know, take more land for yourself, even though the neighbor doesn't know about it or whatever. Cursed is he who leads the blind astray on the road. I mean, that one is self-explanatory. Why would you do that? That is just terribly mean and heartless and cruel. Obviously, you're cursed for that. Cursed is he who holds the justice from the foreigner, fatherless, and widow. I don't really need to go into that one too much either. We've talked so much about that. Then it goes into the sexual sins, specifically regarding incest and bestiality. Cursed is he who lies with his father's wife because he dishonors his father's bed. That's just nasty. Cursed is he who lies with any kind of animal. That is, once again, disgusting. And in my opinion, the worst form of animal abuse. It's disgusting. Uh, Cursed is he who lies with his sister, his father's daughter or his mother's daughter. So it doesn't matter if this is like a half-sister or a stepsister. It is wrong to lie with your brother or sister. Cursed is he who lies with his mother-in-law. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that is icky. Okay. Cursed is he who secretly kills his neighbor. Obviously. Once again, something done in secret still is going to be brought out in the open. God sees that. Cursed is he who takes a bribe to kill an innocent person. So even though that person who took the bribe may not hate that particular person that they're going out to kill, Still wrong to shed innocent life, obviously. It's wrong to murder people. Cursed is he who doesn't uphold the words of this law by doing them. And all the people shall say, amen. Notice how not upholding the words of the law, rather not following God's law, is on the same level as killing an innocent person or bestiality or sexually sinning or incest. Notice how it's on the same level. And not only that, it's the very last curse that is mentioned. In a way, it's almost like the most important curse because it's mentioned to last. It's what people are going to remember. The last thing that's said. Because a person who doesn't uphold God's laws, a person who doesn't trust in God, doesn't listen to God, doesn't know God or hates God, unfortunately, that person is, in fact, cursed. They are spiritually cursed. Now, of course, Jesus came to earth to fix that. Jesus came so that we can all experience life and not have to deal with that curse. But even so, people who don't believe in Jesus are in fact cursed. They are spiritually cursed. That means that when they die, they are going to go to hell. They are going to go to eternal punishment. But on the flip side, the people who do follow God's laws, the people who do trust in Jesus and believe in Jesus, those people are not cursed. They have life. And that is why we need to spread the gospel as much as we can so that people can find that hope. People can be freed from that spiritual curse. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something. And if you did, please uh, rate and review the podcast and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. But I will see you all tomorrow for an episode of John. We're going to be starting to talk about Judas betraying Jesus. It's going to be a really great episode. I hope you tune in tomorrow. I'll see you then. Happy listening and God bless.